Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over three-quarters of a million times in 150 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage, coming to you from Narago country. In today's episode, episode 238, we showcase the newly opened Guthka to Charlotte Pass Walk in Kosciuszko National Park. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice, so that each episode is available as soon as it's published, and if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. For the past few years, I've been keenly following the creation of the 55km four-day Snowy's Alpine Walk in Kosciuszko National Park in Nerigo country. When it fully opens towards the end of next year, it will deliver a world-class multi-day walk across the alpine roof of Australia by extending existing walks across the park's spectacular alpine area to link the resorts of Guthaga, Charlotte Pass, Perisher and Lake Krakenbach. The walk has great potential to become a landmark must-do experience for for both domestic and international travellers. In this week's episode, we catch up with Maggie Sutcliffe from New South Wales National Parks and Wildlife Service to talk about the recent opening of the first section of this trail, the Guthaga to Charlotte Pass Walk, and find out about the creation of this trail. In the second half of this episode, we bring you a series of on-trail recordings from our recent walk on the Guthaga to Charlotte Pass Walk. So let's find out more about this walk. Maggie, thank you for taking your time to chat with Australian Hiker on this great new trail. Oh, thanks, Tim, um, and thanks for inviting me along to share my experience of and passion for the Snowy's Alpine Walk. Now, before we discuss the newly opened Guthaga to Charlotte Pass Trail, can you please give us a brief introduction to yourself, uh, your role uh, in uh, parks up there and your connection with this trail? Yeah, definitely. So I've been working for the New South Wales National Parks um, for just over 16 years now. I started as a ranger and over the years, I've progressed into various roles until about four years ago when I jumped at the opportunity to um, project manage the Snowy's Alpine Walk in Kosciuszko National Park, um, and, which has been a fantastic experience. Um, I also have quite a bit of a personal history with Kosciuszko National Park. I've been visiting, uh, camping and bushwalking here since I was about seven years old. So for me to be able to come and work in Kosciuszko National Park and to work um, on developing and constructing new walking tracks is fantastic. Yeah, no, I must admit I've got a, um, a landscape architecture background and I've got a real interest in trail development. So it's always always interesting to have a look how these trails develop and how they progress. Uh, and I'll, I must admit I do have some questions related to that later on. Sure. All right, now, so tell us a bit about the Guthaga to Charlotte's Pass Trail. What's What are the logistics in relation to this this new trail? Yeah, so the Charlotte Pass, Guthaga to Charlotte Pass section is the 
is what we're calling the first section of the Snowy's Alpine Walk. It is um, nine kilometres um, long from Guthaga through to Charlotte Pass. Um, we constructed six kilometres of new track for that walking track and three kilometres of that was the existing Illawong Walk, um, if any of your listeners know about that walk. And it is about, a, I guess, a three-hour walk, but you could spend a lot longer enjoying the alpine environment and the snowy river um, along the way. So be prepared to, you know, uh, spend a lot of time out there and especially when the wildflowers are out. And when when's that? Is that not too far away? Was another another few weeks? Oh, yeah, usually you can usually bank on sort of mid December through into the early into the new year into January. No, that's probably probably not a bad time. It's it's, it's it, you, we never get the real heat up there like we do in the, in the coastal areas. So I think it's uh, it's not a bad place to be at that time of the year. Certainly. It's always you can get any kind of weather in, in the mountains um, here um, during summer. So you can have a beautiful sunny day, but within hours, it, you know, you could it could have rain, you could have wind, you could even have snow in the middle of summer. So it's always good to, to be prepared for all, all types of weather. Okay, and just a generic question on the the um, the larger Snowy's Walk. When is that expected to be completed? I believe that's sometime in the next year. Is it? So the full Snowy's Alpine Walk is due to be open in late two thousand and twenty three, and the next section that we plan to open is Charlotte Pass to Perisher, which should open early next year in two thousand and twenty three. Okay, and the and the uh, the total length of that Snowy's Alpine Walk was I think about forty five kilometres roughly, or is it a bit longer? Uh, it's a bit longer. It's probably closer to fifty five kilometres. Okay, yeah. oh, that'll that'll certainly be good because I think that's what we seem to be missing up there. Apart from the uh, the people that tend to go and do their own thing, I don't think there's there really is any really long tracks up there at the moment, is there? Yeah, that's correct. Besides the main range loop. Um, which is around the sort of 20, 21 kilometres. There aren't a lot of other longer walks in that part of Kosciuszko National Park. And I guess that was always part of the plan of of doing the Snowy's Alpine Walk is that we would provide more walking experiences for people within Kosciuszko National Park and also to give them more opportunities away from the main range loop and the summit of Kosciuszko um, so yeah, it's a it's a fantastic. Each section of the Snowy's Alpine Walk is a, a fantastic day walk in its own right. So um, people will be able to do the full four day walk. They'll be able to do a day walk, two days, three days, how, you know, however much time they have. So it's um yeah, it's a fantastic walking opportunity. Now, how was the route chosen for the uh, the bigger walk overall, but particularly for this section? Was it a matter of a straight line or did someone sit down and work out where all the interesting bits were and try to connect them together? Yeah, um, it's probably a bit of a combination of both really. Um, so obviously there was an initial plan to have the four-day walk and for that for the walk to join all of the resorts within Kosciuszko National Park. And that so that was the original concept. And then there were lines on a map, um, but the real work came down to being on the ground and getting out in the field and doing survey work and walking different alignments 
to to find the right track to get us from A to B. Um, for the Guthaga to Charlotte Pass section, I uh, I personally walked to that section about four four or five times before we came up with the final alignment, uh, and that was about trying to um, reduce environmental impacts, take into account cultural heritage values. We walked it to make sure that it was a good experience for the walker, so for park visitors, that they they would enjoy walking it, that there would be variability in the walk so that um, they weren't always walking through the same vegetation types, that they would um, enjoy the terrain and the views and be able to, to experience the Snowy River, particularly in this section. Now, given that the uh, the alpine and subalpine regions can be a bit sensitive from a, from an environmental perspective, what were some of the challenges about working in this area, and 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 what sort of um, what sort of changes did it force on you to to protect the environment? Sure. Um, so, yeah, working in an alpine and subalpine environment um, has a lot has a few challenges. Um, it's an environment that is very sensitive and. Um, any change to that environment can be slow to recover. Uh, there are also a number of threatened species and ecosystems, um, plus a lot of cultural heritage values that we had to keep in mind. Um, so this meant that we had to spend a lot of time trying to find the right alignment to minimise our impacts on all of those values. It also meant that we had to be innovative and plan our construction methods and and really think about what track surfacing we would uh, use um, along along the walk so we had to balance the environmental impact with the walking experience and and ensuring that we made a sustainable track surface as well to minimize future um, impacts so for example we have used um, a steel mesh walkway to minimise impacts on sensitive montane bog systems or on she-oak skink uh, grassland habitat. And as the, I must admit, I'm fairly familiar with that that metal mesh, uh, which is uh, for those people that have done the uh, come up the chairlift and headed up towards Kosciuszko. There's a a fair num- a fair section of mesh all pretty much all the way up, and this seems to be doing a really good job and I'm guessing that uh, it, you know, it seems to be durable and robust and, and protecting the environment. Um, are there sections that are also just natural trail as well where you can? We don't really get into the natural surface until the last day of the Snowy's Alpine Walk, which is the section between Perisher and Bullock's Flat. So once we start to get out of the alpine and subalpine environment into a more um, tall montane forest, easier to use, have a natural surface track. So we're making sure that's built well on a good gradient and will be sustainable in the longer term. What can hikers expect uh, to experience on the Guthaga to Charlotte Pass Trail? Um, I think some of it. The key and exciting parts of the Guthaga to Charlotte Pass section are that um, that you get to walk parallel to the Snowy River. And this is, to me personally, it's exciting because it's a part of the Snowy River um, before it is um, dammed and controlled from Guthaga downwards. So you've got this wild Snowy River um, 
to 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 walk next to for a lot of it. Uh, it's also fantastic because you get um, wonderful views of the main range, um, panoramic views, walking through snow gum forest and snow gum snow gum grassland um, is a beautiful opportunity for photos and for wildflowers as well. I've been up there over the last couple of years and seen the trail being constructed and the new mesh mesh walks going through. Is the majority of either this walk, the the Guthrie Charles Pass walk, and for that matter, the larger Snowy's walk, all above treeline, or is it a bit of a mixture? No, it's definitely a bit of a mixture. So that's that's one of the fantastic things about the the whole Snowy's Alpine walk, and I think it's going to be one of the key things that people will really appreciate when they do the four-day walk, what we're calling day one, Charlotte Pass, uh, Guthrie to Charlotte Pass, you will be in a, a subalpine environment. The second day, which is the main range loop, you will be in a, a true alpine environment and you will get to experience you know, amazing environments and ecosystems up there that are true alpine. The third day from Perisher, from Charlotte Pass to Perisher, you're back in a a subalpine woodland and you get to see views of the main range and then down into the Threadbow Valley. And then the last day from Perisher to Bullock's Flat, you go from a subalpine subalpine environment down into um, the montane tall alpine ash environment down to the Threadbow River. So you get this full appreciation of the vegetation um, types that occur in that part of Kosciuszko. I must admit, I, um, I've, I've done quite a lot of walking up above the tree line as well as below, and I like both. But I do love being up up in the uh, up above the tree line. It's just uh, it's it's really amazing in that area and the views that you get. It certainly is. Yeah, the views and the the breathtaking panorama that you get when you're above that tree line in the alpine environment is fantastic. Okay, now one final question, and this is something I hadn't really thought about when I found out this section was open. I mean, the larger Snowy's uh, walk is designed, as you say, as a multi-day walk and there, people will be camping. Uh, what's the situation with this walk? I, I know you said it's designed as to be a, a standalone day walk, but if if people want to take it really cruisy, walk halfway, can they, can they set up a tent partway through or is it in an area where tents aren't able to be used? Um, so yeah, the the original plan was that that people would walk each section and stay within a, a lodge um, within the resorts, whether that's at Perisher or Charlotte Pass or Guthiga. Um There are currently no formal camping sites along the tracks. However, there are parts of Kosciuszko where you are allowed to, I guess, free camp. Uh, however. You have to be quite uh, careful about that and check where the right locations before you head off on your trip. And, and that can be checked on the National Parks and Wildlife website um, under the Kosciuszko National Parks page. So, And it's always important if you are going to um, camp away from a formal campsite to make sure that your impact is really minimal, that you take away all all of your waste and, you know, leave as, as little impact as you can. Okay, no, that's good to know. 
One question I will ask in this area, I've, I've spent a fair amount of time up walking in the, in the, the Alpine region, but for those people that aren't familiar, uh, what sort of experience do people need to do this walk and what do they need to know about the weather conditions in the Alpine region? Um, no, that's a really good question, Tim, and it's really important, um, especially for people who aren't used to walking um, in the Alpine environment. The Guthrie to Charlotte Pass section is is what we call a Grade Three, so that's the Australian Walking Track grading system, and Grade Three means that you know people should have some bushwalking experience. It's recommended, um, and that it's generally suitable for most ages and fitness levels, and that. It had, you know, you can expect some short, steep sections and some steps, um, but gen- you're on a form track, and the track in this case definitely is signposted as well. Um, it's always really important to remember when we're walking in um, the alpine environment that it can be the middle of summer, but you could have snow um, on that any one day. So it's always important to expect a change of weather to have the right clothing, wear sturdy shoes, carry a first aid kit, snacks and water, and really important to always let someone know where you're going and when you expect to be back. And you can, with the National Parks and Wildlife Service, you can fill out trip intention forms and also people often use the Emergency Plus app. It's a great app um, if you need to tell people where you are at any one given time. So I guess the key message is, it's a great walk for um, a lot of abilities, uh, but just you know, be prepared and make sure you stay safe. I must admit, we uh, we spent Christmas up there a number of years ago when we we walked up Mount Kosciuszko on Christmas Day, and when we left, it was um, the forecast was for twenty three degrees, and by the time we got back, the weather had dropped to uh, I think it was six degrees, um, yeah, all in the space of a day, and this was on Christmas Day, so. Uh, as you say, the weather, it's pretty much four seasons in one day and it can, can, can vary quite dramatically if people aren't familiar with it. Okay, so we've been talking with Maggie Sutcliffe from the New South Wales Parks and Wildlife Service about the newly opened Guthrie Charlotte's Park Walk and the larger Snowy's Alpine Walk. Uh, Maggie, thank you for taking your time to talk with us about these new trails. Uh, you're absolutely welcome Tim and um, thank you for having me um, along today and if um, people want to know more about the track or to keep up to date with construction schedules um, they can go to the National Parks and Wildlife Service website. And we'll put those links on the show notes uh, for this podcast if anyone wants to find out where they are. In this next section of the podcast, we bring you a series of on-trail recordings which we undertook just a few days after talking to Maggie uh, when we did the walk ourselves. It's Saturday morning. Uh, It's the 26th of November 2022 and we're on the road. Uh, We left Canberra at around about quarter past, twenty past five this morning Uh, and we're probably around about... 25 k's from Guthica Village after just having stopped at McDonald's for our usual uh, quick breakfast stop on the way through. Uh, I was originally planning on doing this walk today and on Monday they had reasonably heavy snow and looking at the snow cams of the Australian snowfields 
and the Guthagir area there was around about 60 centimetres of snow on the ground so I was looking pretty doubtful that we were going to be walking this weekend but uh, I thought I'd keep an eye on it and the snow cams uh, yesterday afternoon I haven't checked them this morning uh, the snow had pretty much melted and gone so given the weather forecast and given that uh, next weekend is going to be forecast for rain we opted to go out this this, this weekend and do this uh, Guthaga to Charlotte Pass walk uh, which one way is roughly nine kilometers and return is going to be 18 kilometers and that's our plan is to do a return walk uh, so uh, realistically uh, even at um, three kilometers an hour which is a, a relatively cruisy sort of pace it's about a six hour walk uh, and we'll see how it goes from there um, weather is quite nice it's uh, sunny it's very clear there's only the odd cloud in the sky a bit of low hanging mist at the moment given it's still relatively early and we are in the Australian Alps uh, but it's looking like it's going to be a really nice day and I think certainly from a weekend perspective this is probably one of the best weekends we've had in quite a while so again it's another reason just to come up and do this walk. Yeah I'm looking forward to uh, this one um, as Tim says I'm uh, driving in really lovely conditions at the moment um, not much traffic on the road every now and then we get a little bit uh, slower because of the low-hanging mist uh, and uh, yeah I think it'd be a really nice one and um, we can see the the snow in the distance uh, so there's still snow around and uh, it's the end of November which is I guess uh, the way of the world at the moment Okay, and next time we talk to you will be when we start our walk. Good morning. It's Saturday the 26th of November 2022. It's 8.30 and we're here at the start of the, what is signposted as the Illawong Walk Snowy's Alpine Walk. But today we've come up to do the Guthaga to Charlotte's Pass section, which is the first official section of the Snowy's Alpine Walk that has been officially opened. I must admit, it was a bit confusing uh, working out exactly where we were going to go, so we ended up driving down here to see a sign that said, official vehicles only, please park 350 metres up the road at the car park. Uh, so uh, this was the probably the most difficult thing so far of this walk, is working out exactly where the starting point is. And at the moment, I mean, this, this Snowy's Alpine Walk isn't open and there's no official trailhead. So I think uh, it'd be interesting to see if they're going to put a, a larger sign up when the, uh, the completed uh, 50-odd kilometre walk opens uh, towards the end of next year. Um, weather is good. It's cool, but it's actually quite pleasant. There's snow drifts and quite a lot of snow on the higher peaks surrounding us. But where we are, it's actually looking quite good and the trail so far is looking quite dry. So cool probably doesn't quite cut it for me. I think I've lost uh, feeling in my fingers. Uh, we need to get moving soon. Um, but yeah, it'll be a lovely day. Um, you can see snow in the distance, hills uh, and mountains. Uh, and actually, I'm just seeing a pile of snow just uh, behind Tim there. So that's kind of a, <laughs> um, uh, I guess, a, a, an indication of the week that's just been. Uh, but yeah, it is a beautiful day. Looking forward to this one. And we are actually expecting snow drifts on the trail. I mean, that's that's something you can get into December and even January. So uh, that's not unusual. Uh, but so far, it's looking like the weather's going to be really good. Talk to you later.
It's 9.50, uh, we're just having a, a little bit of a break and doing a recording uh, and we are approximately halfway uh, to Charlotte Pass. We've done 4.52 kilometres out of the 9 kilometre trip uh, and it's interesting, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely walk. Um, we spent the first half of the walk up until the Snowy River when we crossed over a suspension bridge pretty much in uh, treeless heathland as we were walking up the valley. And now, as we've gone over the bridge, we've come into um, a different sort of vegetation. We're walking through snow gum forests, and it's very different, but we've still got the river as our companion down the side. Yeah, we've stayed with the river along the way, a lot of water and um, a few uh, smallish waterfalls along the way. The snow gums are just absolutely beautiful um, very sort of purpley grey outer bark and you can just see um, underneath the, the, the clearer um, uh, lighter coloured bark that's starting to come through so yeah it's a really nice nice walk, I mean I'm not surprised, uh, we've still got uh, snow uh, on the mountain top so that's a nice contrast um, it's uh, the wind's picked up a little bit but it's not too bad and um, the sun hasn't stopped shining. The weather's also, it's, it has warmed up. It's certainly not, not hot by any means, but it's, it's quite comfortable, at least from my perspective. I've only got one layer on. No, I'm a bit warm now. I'm thinking I've got to take something off. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to take off. I am glad I wore my wide-brimmed hat. Uh, that's definitely uh, kept the sun off my neck, so uh, that's a good thing. So definitely think about that when you're doing this walk. Okay, on we go. Okay, it's 11.30. We're here at Charlotte Pass, uh, just to the car park and where the, uh, the toilet facilities are. Uh, as probably expected, there is a huge number of cars parked <laughs> all, all the way down the road. Every time I've ever been to the Charlotte Pass car park, uh, it's like this. So um, we did pass a number of people uh, going the other way. So they were starting at Charlotte Pass, heading towards Guthiga. Uh, probably it was a group of about 10 to 15 hikers. There were a couple of smaller groups of about three and four hikers, a uh, group of runners of about eight of, eight of those. Uh, and then the runners turned around and sort of passed us back on the way uh, heading back again. So we're just having uh, a, probably a late morning tea, for want of a better term, here at Charlotte Pass. I think it's an early lunch. It's an early lunch, yeah. <laughs> um, but not really a full lunch. We'll have a late lunch uh, in, in Jindabyne or Cooma later on. Um, good walk. Um, the, the scenery definitely did change. It's going to be interesting on the way back. Um, I'm thinking that the views were probably better the direction that we walked in, uh, but you are essentially walking uphill, uh, which may explain why everyone was walking. We were walking against the flow of traffic. <laughs> uh, but it'll be interesting to see and, and to see what the views are like and to make a recommendation if you're only going to do one way. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, again, uh, the sky is blue, sun is shining. Um, the the snow is uh, everywhere. Uh, we haven't had to walk through any of it, but uh, it's just a beautiful backdrop um, to the day. And um, yeah, quite a quite a few people out, um, which is great to see. Um, I think they're t- trying to take advantage of the fact that this is going to be uh, the f- the fine weekend for a little while yet. So looking forward to the walk on the way back. Um, I, I think it will be a little bit different and, and we'll see where we land in relation to uh, views and, and which direction is, is best for the views. 
Okay, as Jill said, we uh, here at Charlotte Pass, this is really the gateway if you're walking up Mount Kosciuszko and you don't want to use the chairlift. Uh, and you've got a couple of options through there, either doing the main range walk or heading up the uh, the walk itself. Certainly the high peaks are covered in snow, uh, and we talk, looked at a number of people crossing the river down below and heading up to do Blue Lake. There were people with skis, uh, and there definitely is snow up there, and you'd be walking through snow as well as uh, a, a cleared track as well. So it's the high peaks that are pretty much still covered in snow. Okay, we'll finish our break and then head off. It's 1.16, uh, we're just heading back and uh, seeing a lot more people. Uh, it seems to be people obviously started walking around about 9, 9.30 at the start of both directions. Uh, and we're starting to see more people in both coming, both coming from behind us and coming from in front of us. Yeah, so the weather's whole held out and um, we're quite uh, getting quite close to uh, the end of the walk now, but um, still... You know, very nice, quite a different view um, heading this direction as opposed to the uh, Guthaga to Charlotte Pass direction. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have a bit of a debate about whether or not which one's better, I think. Um, there's some pros and cons um, of uh, both directions, so that might make it a little bit, um, little bit difficult to settle. Having said that, though, I think the way we started from getting from Guthaga to Charlotte's Pass has the better views and I think purely based on that it's probably if you're only going to do one direction that's probably the one to do it but as Jill said there are some pros and cons to take into consideration and which end you start at and which end you finish at if you're going to do both directions uh, we'll talk about that in the in the uh, discussion at the end of these recordings okay talk to you later it's 2.56 uh, we're back in the car again after doing around about 18 and a half kilometres and all up, including the walking, uh, which was supposed to take six hours, and our lunch breaks and stop was just on six and a half hours. Uh, so the walking was right, right, pretty much right for around about six hours in total. Yeah, so we headed back, um, obviously the way that we came, and um, a really different kind of pers- perspective. Um, I think going Guthaca to Charlotte Pass is the way to go. Um, if you're doing a day walk, um, it was nice to, to head downhill um, from Charlotte Pass. Um, but, yeah, missed out on some of the views. Um, we're, as Tim says, back at the car. And um, uh, there, there's some quite steep bits that you don't realise at the beginning of the day. <laughs> that uh, now you're at the end of the day, you're walking up. So they've taken a little bit of a toll. And... Um, uh, we're going to go off and get some refreshment. Okay, that's it for today. Uh, in our next segment of this podcast, we'll go through and talk about the trip overall, what we thought, and make some recommendations. That's it for today. All right, so for us, this this walk was a bit of a weird one. We had planned uh, for a number of weeks to actually go up and do this walk. Uh, we had had very good weather. It was clear. It was sunny. The rain actually wasn't too bad. And uh, the Monday prior to when we were supposed to be going up to do this walk, we had around about 40 to 50 centimetres of snow uh, in, in the roof, on the roof of Australia. 
It was crazy. Um, and, you know, looking at the snow cam, a snow cam at the end of November, uh, but we're looking at the snow cam thinking, no way are we going to be able to do this walk. And I must admit, I know how quickly the snow can melt in these sort of areas, particularly if the conditions are good. Uh, but having said that, if you get a lot of rain, then it becomes a bit, it melts all the snow, but it can become a bit slushy. So I paid very close attention to the snow cam uh, over the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. And thankfully, by the time we got to Thursday afternoon, there was virtually no snow left there at all. Uh, and the forecast for the Saturday, which was when we planned to go up there, was probably the best it had been in a number of weeks. It was sunny, it was warm, there was no rain. And even though I had looked at potentially scheduling this walk for the following weekend, there was forecast for rain. So we opted to head up there. Well, uh, you opted to head up there yeah. and I was still a little bit circumspect about what we would find, but, you know, <laughs> you, you've got to give it a go um, and was pleasantly surprised. So after doing this walk, we we decided that we wanted to do this walk as a return um, because trying to get a return trip back was going to be a bit harder. Uh, you know, we could potentially have organised a commercial operator to pick us up and take us down. Uh, we could have tried to hitch, um, but really the easiest thing for us to do was just to walk one way, have a bit of a lunch break, and then do a return walk. Now, this walk is called the Guthica to Charlotte Pass Walk. It is the first section of the Greater Snowy Alpine Walk, which was going to be finished at the end of 2023. Uh, and we decided that we did want to walk from Guthica to Charlotte Pass. Partly, I suppose, because Guthica is lower in altitude uh, and you are progressively making your way uphill to Charlotte Pass. So that would have given us, in fact, that did give us the hardest part of the walk to start off with. Coming back down again, uh, certainly the, the trail is very undulating, uh, but um, it's an easier walk if we're doing the 18.4 kilometres, which is what it ended up being, uh, walking up to Charlotte's Pass and then walking progressively back down to Guthrie again. Yeah, and... It was a good thing to do in that direction, um, go uphill and then come downhill, essentially. And on this particular day, um, Tim mentioned that the, the weather was very good um, and also very warm. So, you know, it just made it a little bit of an easier afternoon, though um, the heat did start to build up. Uh, the snow wasn't there, though we were quite close to um, areas where there was snow. Um, it, it was a very picturesque uh, day all round, um, you know, warm and, and great walking conditions and um, uh, snow on the slopes nearby. For a lot of people, the choice really is going to be, do you just do one direction uh, and get a lift or get picked up at the other end, or do you do the return? And that's going to depend on whether you have the time available and the fitness to be able to do uh, the, the 18.4 kilometres, which is what it ended up being for us. Uh, by doing the return walk. I think one of the things we thought was what would we do if we were just doing one direction and, again, which is the better way to walk if you are doing both directions? For us, starting at Guthrie, walking to Charlotte Pass, we definitely felt like we were on an uphill gradient, which was the case. Uh, and I think from, from my perspective, this is the better choice. 
if you're just doing one direction only, uh, start at Gathergate, finish at Charlotte Pass because the views are better. Yeah, it's a really interesting one because, you know, you are um, walking uphill um, and, you know, sometimes that's a, you have a tendency to look down and, and fo- focus on what you're doing. Um, the views on the landscape are definitely worth um, heading towards Charlotte Pass, much more so than uh, heading the other direction. And I think you know, coming from Charlotte Pass back to Gathergate, there was nothing wrong with it as a walk. It was a good walk, but it was a better walk walking from Gathergate to Charlotte Pass. If you're doing this walk in both directions, you can start at either Gathergate or Charlotte Pass. Again, we would probably recommend that you start at Gathergate. The Charlotte Pass parking area uh, is a bit of a nightmare because that's where everyone parks to walk <laughs> up to Mount Kosciuszko, to walk up to Blue Lake. To, to do the main range walk. Uh, and certainly when we got to uh, Charlotte Pass at around about uh, 20 past 11 in the morning, uh, there were cars, probably 60 or 70 cars down the road. Oh, and, easily. And, and you end up with a kilometre walk to get up at the start of the <laughs> yeah, year. It was a, the last the one was a very long way away. It, it was. <laughs> Whereas Guthaga, um, you know, you're starting at Guthaga because you're doing the Illawong walk or, or because you're doing the Guthaga to Charlotte Pass walk. Uh, and there's a lot less traffic there. So it's an easier car park uh, and there's less of an issue to, to try and beat all the traffic and beat the crowds. Yeah, just on that, you do need to park in the, the large parking area, um, which is about 350 metres away from the start of the walk at, at Guthaka. So that's something to um, be mindful of. I, I was quite surprised Probably not so because it was such a nice day at how many people were out and about. Um, so we started reasonably early and we didn't see too many other than some very keen runners. But by the time we started to get a bit closer to lunchtime and definitely in the afternoon, there were so many people on this trail. And that's probably one of the things to, to think about. It is a narrow trail and when you have people coming in both directions – um, particularly when you're on the the metal boardwalks, you do need to st- stick to the edge of the uh, the trail and the boardwalk, and sometimes you need to stop and let o- others pass. Um, so be mindful of of that. Um, everyone was very polite and very considerate, which is great. So bring your manners um, and just be mindful of uh, who's on the trail and who's best place to pause uh, to let someone through. Now, still on the, the issue of direction, we started our walk at just on 8.30 in the morning. Uh, and I must admit, I think I get the impression that everybody else started <laughs> their walk at 9 or 9.30. 9.30, I think, yeah. Uh, and I think if you can be bothered getting up there a bit earlier and start the walk at 8 or 8.30, it is a better option. We, as I said, we started from Gathaga. Uh, the first people we came across were around about five and a half kilometres in, uh, and they uh, we had and all in all honesty we had people we had some runners come from behind us, but the first walkers we came across had started in Charlotte Pass, and, and as I said we 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 came across them at about five point three kilometres in. Uh, we came a lot across a lot of people starting from Charlotte Pass, uh, who were either doing the full work and returning back to Charlotte Pass or they were just doing a timed walk where they were walking a certain distance and turning around coming back again. 
we did find that on the return visit, we were coming across people as we were approaching the halfway mark and heading towards back towards Guthagar again. Uh, and it, it appeared that a lot of these sort of walkers were not necessarily doing the full walk, uh, but were walking as far as they could and with the plan of turning around and heading back to Guthagar. So it, it, it surprised us. We thought, oh, this is, you know, we're, it's really quiet on the trail. I can see this walk being very much like a lot of the other walks in this area. You know, in Jan- in January and the long weekend over the January period, uh, I can see there being lots and lots of people on this trail. So I think in that respect, uh, it's going to be one of those sort of things. Starting a bit earlier is going to make things a bit easier to deal with. And just on that, because of the number of people on the trail, um, the fact that they've created such a formal trail um, and, you know, lots of uh, boardwalks to contain the walkers essentially, I, I think it's going to actually be a better option to manage the landscape. Um, I think that uh, the Park Services has done a great job on this trail. Um, there's a couple of pretty impressive bridges that have uh, been built Um but also just the trail itself. I mean, it's it's easy to navigate. You would never get lost. Um, and it's also, I think, going to stop people from stepping off the trail. You know, it's very clearly marked. It's obvious where you need to put your feet. I think the Snowy's Alpine Trail is one of those sort of things that, you know, if you wanted to do a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure, the ability to do that larger walk has always been there. Uh, but it's been reliant on can you get across the Snowy River if the if the water's a bit too high or a bit moving too fast, uh, and for a lot of people, uh, as as Jill said, you know it's you know, there's 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 now a designated trail in place. It's pretty easy to follow. Navigation is not an issue, uh, and you know it's you're not going to have any problems with this. One thing I did note not too far after we'd started was. You could see where the old trail had been, and this is where people yeah, had, that's right. had worn the, worn a track into the landscape. And and I think the, probably the thing to think about is approximately a hundred thousand people a year summit Mount Kosciuszko, and you know there's not there's probably I'd say there's the majority of them do them from the top of the chairlifts, but there's still a fair number that also do them from Charlotte Pass, and apart from the management road from Charlotte Pass. Um, you know, you, you walk from the chairlift up to Mount Kosciuszko. The only scar, if you like, on the landscape is the actual metal boardwalk. There's not these foot-trodden trails where people have destroyed the landscape because they've walked all over the place. Because you've got a designated trail to walk on, uh, it does a lot less damage to the landscape in the long run. So I think, you know, they've, they've done a reasonably good job with putting this trail in. Uh, yes, they've had to cut, cut bush out to get the trail into, into place. Um, but I think in another year or two, you'll be almost impossible to see where it's, where it's been done. So they've done a really good job in protecting the landscape of this walk. And in the interview, we did hear of uh, what goes into uh, working out what to put on the trail, where to go, and uh, the attention to detail around sensitive communities and uh, the best possible route to follow. Now, one thing that's worthwhile keeping in mind for uh, uh, any walk, uh, including this one in, in when you're up virtually the highest parts of Australia, is the weather conditions. 
Now, I've spent a lot of time over the last few years hiking in Kosciuszko National Park. I know better, but doesn't necessarily mean that I actually uh, do what I'm supposed to. So I, I bought a pair of fingerless lycra gloves with me with the expectations my hands would burn um, if I didn't wear them. I, For some stupid reason, I opted to go for a, a peaked cap and I was thinking beforehand, no, no, I'll bring my broad-brimmed hat uh, and I'll. Uh, if you look at the uh, uh, the write-up, the written write-up of this trail, uh, you'll see a photo of what my head looks like. Um, uh, it's virtually um, you know, burnt up to around about where the peak cap starts and the top of my head's sort of almost white. And don't forget the little keyhole um, on the cap and you've got a little burn mark there too. So that's... And, and you weren't wearing your cap straight, so just just uh, watch that next time. So if you've got a crooked, you've got a crooked tan line or, or burn line, I guess. Yeah, and I think if you if you're not used to walking in the Australian Alps, you don't. And as I said, I'm used to it, and I and I know better. But I, I for some reason I just decided not to, uh, you know, not to wear my fingerless gloves, which you know meant my back and my hands got burnt. And, and I should have worn a broad-brimmed broad hat. And really, that's the best choice, particularly if you've got no hair. The other thing that I didn't do, which I regret, is because there is so much metal mesh uh, on this walk uh, as a walking surface, I opted not to bring my tracking poles. In hindsight, that was a mistake. Yes, by carrying tracking poles, you will be physically carrying them and not using them in a lot of the uh, the boardwalk areas. Uh, but I think there's enough areas of natural trail that you'll get benefit out of tracking poles, so I would suggest bringing them with you. Even though there is plenty of water uh, from the river, um, if you're going to drink the water from the river, I would still recommend using a filter. Yes, we're up the highest part of Australia, uh, but there are still animals up there. Uh, People still go to the toilet close to the river system, so it's better to be on the safe side and bring a filter if you are going to use water out of the river. The signage says at the beginning of this walk that there are steps and there are steps. (laughs) There are stone steps, uh, there are metal steps. So if uh, steps are a problem for you, either going up or coming down, then you might want to reconsider doing this one. So again, go to the trail review uh, and we'll have an image from my GPS that shows you uh, what the walk looks like. And for us doing the 18.4 kilometres return, you drop down, you go up to the peak at Charlotte Pass, you drop down again, uh, and then you have a slight rise again. And it's it's very obvious where the high part of the trail is. So again, that's just, that's another reason for choosing to do this. You do the slightly harder bit uh, when you're nice and fresh in the morning, uh, and then it becomes marginally easier on the way back. Okay, so as mentioned, this is the first section of the proposed four-day snowy alpine walk, which is due to open in uh, towards the end of 2023. Um, in talking to uh, Maggie in the interview uh, earlier on, and the first part of this, in talking to Maggie in the first part of this uh, podcast, she said that each of the sections will end up being different, and, and for us, this was different enough. Um, you know, it wasn't just, oh, it's another walk in the, in the snowy mountains. It was a good walk. It was an enjoyable walk and it's well worth it. Even if you don't ever plan on doing the longer walk, doing a section like this is well worth it. I agree. It was a great walk and very, very pleasant 
uh, not just because of the weather and we hadn't had sun for such a long time. Uh, it was a really, really nice walk and lots to see. One final comment I'd make on this walk is if you are planning on doing this as a hiker as opposed to a skier or a snowshoer, look at doing it roughly the end of November through to about the end of March. If you're travelling outside of that time, check the snow uh, conditions uh, because you can get snow early or late. And as I said, five days before we had this, did this walk, we had about 40 to 50 centimetres of snow on the ground and it, it ended up melting. Uh, but yeah, it's worthwhile checking just to be on the safe side. And we'll put a, a link uh, in the show notes of this podcast to the snow cams. And if you go to the snow cams, you can see what the on the on-ground conditions are like and whether it's worthwhile delaying your walk a bit or whether it's a good time to go. Okay, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode and we look forward to doing the longer, larger, snowy Zalpine walk when it opens towards the end of 2023. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me. (laughs) You keep pushing it into my nose. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to fall over. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to say now.